hairdressing, business, beauty, products, people, interviews, fitness, health, well-being. I'm Nathan Plumridge and welcome to Hair Life. My guest today is a hugely successful author, a double world record holder, a multi-millionaire. He's the UK's biggest podcaster. He's an educator, a creator, a mentor to millionaires all over the world. Hello, Rob Moore, and welcome to Hair Life. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm not sure I'm the biggest podcaster in the UK. I think some people would. Have, that sounds good, but no, I said business. I've got, yeah, I've got a good entrepreneurs one. So yeah, but yeah, I'm really good. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh no worries. This has been an absolute pleasure. I've been super excited about making this happen. So I know you're short for time this evening. So thank you for staying late. Um, I'm right. just gonna I'm just gonna get to it, and then we can we can rock and roll and have some fun. So Rob, when I um how I heard about you in the first place was I started reading the book Money. And Money for me was like a, a, quite a game changer. It was one of those that really made me sort of sit up and start thinking about how I need to run my business a little bit more and the bad habits that I've created. Um, one of the things I then started to do was I started to follow you obviously on social media and sort of see how you were just growing and growing. You have this insane energy. Like it's an absolute, like it's, it's addictive. What do you do? Like, what are your daily habits, your physical daily habits, your mental habits to keep yourself charged all the time? Um, medium skinny cappuccino, extra shot from Costa <laughs> Coffee twice a day. That sorts me out. <laughs> um, so my answer to this question is probably not what most people would think, but I really believe it to be true. I think the greatest life force energy comes from doing what you love and loving what you do. I'll give you an example. Imagine a teenage kid playing on the PlayStation 5, could probably go 15 hours without eating, could probably stay up through the night and still, you know, be right on it and wired uh -huh. because they love playing games. So, um, look, I'd love to say I've got an amazing diet, you know, that's water source from the volcanoes and filtered by virgins <laughs> but um <laughs> but in, in in reality i exercise some my eating's good sometimes and i am i do have a bit of a sweet tooth sometimes mm -hmm. but for me i love my business i love entrepreneurship i love creating content i love running multiple businesses i love the, the public speaking and the writing of books and the creator economy. So, you know, when you love what you do, time just stands still and you're like, whoa, it's been six hours and I forgot to eat. And Fantastic. that is where my energy comes from. And I think there's something I can't put my finger and explain it scientifically, but there's something around passion that mm -hmm. creates energy and enthusiasm. That's it for me. Definitely. I so love that. It is, it is really important. You get really good sleep. I've been saying it way before anyone was talking about science or habits or, you know, scientists writing books on sleep. I always needed a good seven, seven and a half hours. Yeah. Sleep and water are absolutely vital. So do you um, do you do you drink? Are you a drinker? Because obviously we're coming up to dry January. Do you, you know, I mean, how do you think like drinking business kind of goes? Is that good? Is it bad? How do you think? Right. Well, I'm not here to judge anyone. No, no, no. So, yeah, if people love a good drink and all that, crack on. 
But mm -hmm. I am here to challenge everyone. Mm -hmm. And I would argue if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to be productive eight, nine, 10 hours a day and you're on a meaningful mission and you want to change the world and you want really good energy, mm -hmm. drinking more than one or two drinks a week or at the very most one a night, that is going to heal, kill your productivity the next day. Yeah. So I actually yeah. used to drink a fuck ton. I think that's what they say in America, isn't it? Yeah, exactly yeah. Right? <laughs> I think you've got you've got shit ton, and then you've got fuck, fuck ton. ton. Yeah, and, and and I drank a fuck ton. And um, when I sort of hit mid to late twenties, the hangovers got worse. The productivity went to shit. I'd lose really two days. You'd be slow, muggy. Um, you know, lethargic, uninspired, no, no energy, no enthusiasm. So I quit. Yeah. Now, yeah. I can't say I'm a teetotaler because I like to have one drink to celebrate something. Mm -hmm. And it could be once a year or three times a year, one cocktail. And I get a little bit of a buzz because I'm a lightweight. Um, but, but no, I don't think entrepreneurship and alcohol mix. And I think if you want to make a lot of money and you want to be product productive, mm -hmm. you need to get off the booze. But remember, I'm here to challenge, not to judge. No, 100%. And it's, some, and it's something for me that I, I've noticed that correlation more than ever. And I mean, I'm nearly 45 now. And if I have a drink, I really notice it. I didn't used to. And, and certainly looking at other entrepreneurs like yourself, that is the way that it seems to be. You don't really drink very much. You have generally a pretty good right. lifestyle, um, but you're yeah. zero focused on what it is that you do each and every day. Um, so yeah, it's one of those. Now I, um, I kind of wanted to get into education. You've got children. Is that right? Is it two yeah, children? 10 and seven. 10 yeah. and seven. So, so mine are uh, seven and nine. So similar sort of ages. Um, I have this thing now about education kind of moving forwards. You're a hu you know, hugely successful entrepreneur. Do you think there's kind of an opportunity now to maybe disrupt that education system and introduce more of a, a business entrepreneurial type setting within the school sort of day to day? Do you think that's something that we maybe need to start shifting? Because it, the world is changing, you know, millionaires are becoming younger each and every day. You know, they're 20 year olds that are running a fortune on YouTube or TikTok or whatever. Yeah, so... <laughs> This is a tricky one, because if you want to be a doctor, a dentist, a lawyer, an accountant, a solicitor, you know, going through the school system, it probably still works fine. Mm -hmm. But it really was labor based, um, not as in the party, but as in work labor. Um, and it, wa it wasn't set up for entrepreneurs. Yeah. So. And of course. You know, the, the system benefits much better for taxation and tax control if people get jobs and they're taxed at source, mm -hmm. whereas entrepreneurs aren't taxed at source. So I, I imagine you're trying to go in and disrupt that education system. You're not going to get very far and you're going uh -huh. to hit, get hit a lot of resistance. Mm -hmm. So I decided to just try create my own education system. So I've written 18 books. I will write money for kids. I will write life leverage for kids or teens or whatever. Uh, you know, I, write, I might write Young Hustlers uh, or something like it. And I probably will launch a library or a school or a, like an entrepreneurial foundation for younger people. Um, I did the Young Entrepreneurs Summit mm -hmm. <laughs> last Bless year. You. Raised a good amount of money for um, my charity, the Rob Moore Foundation, and for the Prince's Trust. And, yeah, so I'll probably... Um, 
create my own form. Like a lot of people in my world, they do knock education. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I do think they teach you to memorize rather than teach you to be creative and problem focused and yeah. agile. So definitely the traits are more for reciting things. Mm-hmm. And, and in law that you, that you need to do that in law. Yeah, of course you do. But in, entre- in entrepreneurship it's very different, but at the same time, you know, if it, schools are a good place to socialize. The friendship element is really important. Mm-hmm. I think sales should be taught in schools. Yeah. I think marketing should be taught in schools. And I fundamentally think that money and what money is and how to use money and your emotions around money should be taught in schools regardless. Yeah. Um, and those subjects are definitely missing. Because money's changing as well, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's changing drastically. You know, yeah, I mean, it, it always has changed form. If you go back through history, or it, it money, money is not the form it's in, it's the concept behind the form that it's in. Yeah, so just because it's coming digital or crypto, people are like, Whoa, it's a revolution. No, money's always changed form. Mm-hmm. Money is energy, money is a universal ex- exchange of value. The form at which we exchange that value changes over time it's changing seemingly quicker now nathan yeah because um, the world is accelerating in speed and velocity have speed you um, of light information exchange you know moore's law of the doubling every two years of technology these things speed up the change of tech and society and evolution because that's one of the things i think like with you i've really noticed certainly even in this last couple of years like you, for me, you feel like you've gone like an absolute rocket ship in terms of even where you were to where you are now using the platforms like we are right now. But then all of those other tools, again, within socials and things like that. I mean, has the last couple of years been, has it felt like that for you? Yeah, I suppose. Um, I mean, my social media following took me seven years to build half a million. And this year is more than double to 1.1 million. I think my personal brand has got me a bit more of a global impact now, which was always the plan. But also business was hard through the lockdown. Yeah. And actually our, our revenue is down from 2016 and 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, actually our profit's pretty good, but right. you know, not through, we had to really hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, I've slowed down on my book writing. I only wrote one book. I only launched one book this year and not two. That's terrible, Rob. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Opportunity. So, I don't know. I mean, I always think I've got more work to do. I've written 18 books, but I probably want to write a lot more. For sure. I've done a thousand podcasts, but I probably want to do more. You know, I, I've got a decent amount of followers or people that I help, but I want to do more. So yeah. uh, now I'm just me going at my own pace. See where we go. So I've looking back like now, I mean, I was just thinking about this incredible property company that you've you started with your business partner. Sorry, is, is it Mark? Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Mark. So that that was ultimately your foundation, yeah, for where you were then and who you are now. Is that still the sort of the benchmark part of your business? But then you've added all these other facets to it? Yeah, real estate property was, I guess, the foundational business model that got me out of 50 grand worth of debt, helped me make my first 100 grand, then my first million, then my first 10 million. We have, I think, 1,340 tenants in our property companies. That's hundreds of property units. So it's a good, solid backbone. Mm-hmm. We've done a couple of bigger developments this year. One, one, one that's 99 apartments with 159 tenants. Another one that will have 
40 odd units in it. So yeah, that is the, the, that's my old school, what I built my business on the newer mm. stuff, social media and the creator economy and the digital podcast and content agency we have and all this stuff probably had to be set on good solid foundations and what led you to that like what took you from property to this bit was it was it because the the education a lot of it is obviously for progressive property is that right yeah so i much more enjoy the business and entrepreneurial side Mm -hmm. than the the brick and mortar and the legal and the purchasing process side and the management side of property i much prefer business entrepreneurship yeah i I love new tech or new opportunity or new social media or new tools or new business opportunities um i love the education and the content creation side of it so i guess i just naturally moved i mean mark and i when we started were duplicating tasks so much doing everything together it was fun in some ways but a waste of time and resource so we decided fairly early in 2007 mark will focus on the property purchasing managing the legals the finance i'll focus on developing and building the business the clients the sales the marketing and we sort of went like that over time even though we've sort of 50 50 ownership in everything so um, i've developed you know i've gone from sales and marketing into social media because i guess it's the natural Mm -hmm. journey you've gone that way well it's also the natural journey I mean, marketing 15 years ago was Google ads. Now it's be on all social media channels. Yeah. You know, now it's having a podcast. Now it's multi-stream living. And how do you, and that's, and that's one of the things I'm always amazed at with you particularly. How do you, I mean, you're like, when I look at you and you, you know, you're at crazy times of night, you'll come up and you'll do some insane sort of live. And then, you know, your content is continuous are, are you always i mean have you got a team that works with you or is it is it purely you that you suddenly are just like right i'm gonna hit this right now because it's well, amazing yeah i try and create content every day right whether it's written audio video or live or all i try and create content every day i don't always but i try um and sometimes i create more than one piece and sometimes i go like go, go live on multiple channels with the same piece mm-hmm. so i've got a load of phones here so I can go live on loads of channels. And uh, yeah, so... Um, That's amazing. I do, I do create content regularly. Why would I do that? One, because I want to help a lot of people start to scale their business and get better financial knowledge. Two, I think creating content and being a creator is one of the most fun jobs to do. It's not mm-hmm. really work. Um, and three, it's a great way to grow my following. It's a great way to create multiple income streams. It's a great way to attract collaborations and interviews and partnerships. So there's many benefits. So yeah, I do chuck out a lot of content. And what do you think like now in terms of sort of that future part, what do you think it looks like? Because obviously we know that socials are changing, you know, rapidly. We know that now it's become more video content. It's not pretty pictures anymore. What do you foresee like this next stage, this next couple of years? Like what, what does it look like to you? Um, well, definitely there's a decentralization of social media such that there's loads of channels that will compete. Mm-hmm. Um, you, for, for in the audio space, you've got Clubhouse, Speakeasy, Green Room, Fireside, um, Facebook audio rooms. There's five of them that didn't exist two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big move. I think multiple monetization tools and features now on social media because they're all competing for you. 
stars, badges, subscriptions. You can I just it, can I just grab you? Just um, just sorry to interrupt you. Can I just grab you on that point? So that's one. That's one of the things that I think I'm. I mean, I've certainly spoke to a lot of people about it recently, um, and obviously I'm new to this this part of the industry. In terms of that monetization thing within sort of social media, like how do you really, really get in that? Like, what is it? I know you've just mentioned a few there, but like, how do you really make money out of that social media sort of area? Well, there's loads of ways to do it. So um, sponsors is a great way. So Blinkist sponsor me, Manscaped sponsor me. I'm doing a $300,000 sponsorship deal, probably cut the deal tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, there or thereabouts with a tech company. Um, so sponsorship is a great way. Once you've got enough listeners or followers or viewers, then obviously you can have your sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, just putting enough content out so you get, you get your video minutes viewed up and your number of followers to the minimum level. And yeah. then all these social media monetization tools just unlock on social media. Wow, some really? of them are when you go live. Some of them are on your pre-record. Sometimes it feeds in an ad. Sometimes you're going to have people subscribe to premium content. So it's really about being regular with your content across all channels and then mm-hmm. unlocking whatever monetization tools and features you, they have and then trying to use them within your content. Right. So it's one of those like now. So obviously here we are, we're recording for a podcast now. Do you, when you look at podcasting as an industry, obviously, I, I mean, I've spoke to numerous people now that are starting to see, obviously the growth that's happening. More and more people are joining this, this market. Do you think it's going to become almost like oversaturated? And then there is there a, another place that you think is going to pop up? Or do you just think podcasts are just going to kind of stay in the market of where they are now? Some people, you know, they stay there for a while, but then they drop off. Well, podcast growth has been more slow and steady than, say, TikTok. Right. um, Which has been faster and harder. Clubhouse growth faster and harder. So TikTok's kind of, sorry, podcasting is kind of slow and steady, Mm -hmm. really. So in that regard, it's nowhere near oversaturated. There's only 250,000 podcasters. There's tens of millions of YouTubers and people have Facebook pages. There's now Mm -hmm. a billion users on TikTok. So it's nowhere near, nowhere near being oversaturated. And because the growth is sort of slower and steadier. Yeah. And and if you think about it, Nathan, for every 10 podcasters that start, how many stop? And that's, and that was the point because I mean, I, I mean, even if I look at like now, look hair as a, as a whole, I'm, I'm really shocked actually how little, there is, there's people that are here, but there's not that many people that are current. It's quite yeah. old content. So I, I'm certainly finding it quite an exciting, uh, the sort of potential within it. Um, and it's one of those, I'm, I'm obviously always looking at people when learning. Who do you learn from? Like, who do you listen to? Or what do you read? Are you part of masterminds yourself? Or do you have your own kind of mentors that keep you on track? Um, so yes to all of those and in loads of different areas. Right. So it'd be very difficult to name drop them all. I, I listen to stuff all the time. I'm actually listening to a, a sort of um, a future of money podcast at the moment. Um, I'm actually listening, going back to some old school content on sort of the journey and the evolution of money. Because, um, you know, obviously money is my theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also probably going to rebrand more into just focusing on money as of maybe next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I read 
I know Dan Bilzerian, who's this international playboy who's got like 37 million followers on social media. He gave me his autobiography. I read that. And wow. I've just started Will Smith's autobiography. I love autobiographies. Yeah. I've had James Kahn of Dragon's Den as a mentor. John Demartini's taught me a lot of stuff. I've had a, a couple of billionaires who've mentored me, one in real estate. I kind of try and learn from everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the big creators and influencers on social media, try and follow them and, you know, it's, just try and get inspired. I've, I've managed to find now a lot more my own uniqueness. Yeah. So I'm not really trying to copy anyone anymore. You know, I'm trying, I'm modeling and borrowing stuff, of course, you know, little <laughs> ideas, but I'm, I'm not really copying anyone. Not that that was your question, but, um, you know, I have a very clear vision to help as many people on this planet start and scale their business and get better financial knowledge and education yeah. and that. And is that, and and in terms of reward, what is that like? Because obviously you've set up this incredible education academy. Um, I'm part of it. And it's amazing the amount of content that you put out there. It's what is that reward like when you hold your, you know, your seminars and you get to meet the people kind of face to face and actually they've, they've listened to something you've done. They've put it into action. How's that feel? Well, I think if I actually took a moment to, you know, breathe it in, it'd probably feel quite good. <laughs> but entrepreneurs are often onto the next thing, onto the next thing. I've got so many things in the pipeline that I'm working on, NFT mm-hmm. launches, rebrands, all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, it does feel good. It, it feels good to have a, a positive influence on a good amount of yeah. people. And I should never forget that. Yeah, because I mean, I think it's one of those that, I mean, I mean if I look at even the people that I've spoke to about you, um, and even if I look at the groups that I'm involved with, which involve you, it's incredible to see the, the impact you've made on people. And you should be incredibly proud of that. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a massive thing. So we've obviously had this ridiculous couple of years, like we've just said. What's been like for you, even in this last year what's been like one of your biggest learnings for you sort of personally in the last year well there's one learning in life my wife and I talk about this quite a lot I was taught it by John Demartini and that is that as soon as you get comfortable complacent happy or cocky you will be thrown an event or a challenge by the universe to humbleize you, to force you to grow. Mm-hmm. And um, the amount of times that, you know, you, you think everything's kind of going all right and then bang. Mm-hmm. And it, it's almost uncanny. I think life is the best teacher. Yeah. And basically... If you are overly challenged, life will throw you support. If you are overly supported, life will throw you challenge. Because life is trying to force you into balance all the time, mm-hmm. whereas human beings tend to go into extremes. So COVID was a great thing. We all got thrown to avoid and remove complacency. We, we were complacent about our freedom. Yeah, totally. Hugely. We were. Yeah, hugely. We were. We took for granted you know, you and I can talk to each other on a Zoom. Yeah. You know, we, we took for granted our loved ones. We took for granted our health and our sanitization. We mm-hmm. did. And COVID fucking taught us, don't. <laughs> Didn't it just? Don't take anything for granted. It's so, so funny because when you look about that, when you talk about like those challenges, like this space that I'm sat in like now, we opened this three months prior to lockdown. 
you know, and it was like massive investment. And there we were, you know, shut. And that freaked the shit out of me. And and I'll look back at that time and just think like, what, what was that about? But you're dead right. Just what it teaches you to become more resilient and appreciate the things that we have around us on every level. Um, Massive. I always do like um, sort of a couple of like, you know, individual short questions to sort of when we get near the end of sort of shows. Um, What's one of the things that you can't live without day to day? Sex. (laughs) Good man. Excellent. I like that. (laughs) I I could probably, I was going to say my phone and I was going to say my medium skinny cappuccino extra (laughs) shot. But I'd come off those for the other one. And work. I love my work. Yeah. And that's a great thing. There's the five things. There's the five things I can't live without. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. That's fine. It's amazing how many people said their phone. It's amazing how many interviews people go like, my phone. I'm like, what about your kids or your family or something else? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm always like, you know, typical thing, but like what's been like an incredible piece of advice that you've taken and gone with. And then what has been a shit piece of advice that, you know, you've maybe taken as well or not taken. So the best piece of advice is every upside has a downside and every downside has an upside. No event is all upside or downside. Every event is neutral, neutral and human beings perceive upside and downside. That is by far and away the best piece of advice life will ever give you in my opinion um and it takes a little bit of time to get your head around but it's well worth i'm gonna have to play that back in a minute in sort of slower version so i really get it yeah (laughs) yeah um worst piece of advice yeah um you can't do this yeah Bang on. And if you, and you, how many people have you had tell you that? Don't care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, true. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Um, what's the first thing you do in the morning? And like the last thing you do before you go to bed? Okay. So um, the first thing I do in the morning, um, I do check my phone, but just super quick. Don't actually do anything, but super quick. I'll often check a Facebook video that looked like it was going viral the night before just to see the views or the TikTok. But um, what I do very early is I um, drink some water and I go and drive to to Costa Coffee drive-through and I get a medium skinny cappuccino extra shot. And on the way, I do my breathing techniques, the Wim Hof method, Mm -hmm. you know, the the sharp, deep inhale and then the sort of full hard exhale. I do that 20 to 30 times and then I hold my breath for as long as I can. Um, and I, I don't know if that's been good. I've been doing that for a few months now. But What are you up you to? Know, like length of time? Because me and my wife do it. So how long are you up to? A minute and 45. Yeah, that's good. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. And 205 is my longest. 205. Wow. I thought well, my heart I literally... Get- yeah, I don't get to the point where I'm dying because I, I don't think you're supposed to. I think you're supposed to just get before that. But yeah. Um, So, yeah, so the medium skinny cappuccino extra shot is my kind of vice, my addiction. And it's, it's so much work done. It gets me so on fire. Are you a cold and shower then, man as well? Because I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I do. 
Hot, yeah. cold, hot, cold. So yeah, yeah. hot Brilliant. for a few minutes, cold for one to two, hot for one to two, cold yeah. for one to two, and then hot. Cold showers are game changing. Yeah, massive. Yeah. And then I get some productive work done in the morning because no one can interrupt me and it's a great time. And, and is that one of those where you do you zone out as well? Do you just give yourself like a, a, a space of time where nobody interrupts you? Yeah. 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 So massive yeah. productivity. Um, yeah. What do you think is maybe if you could create a rule that you think we should all live by? Is there a rule that you think we should all live by? I, I think a great, a great rule would be to be kind mm-hmm. or tell the truth. Yeah. But human evolution doesn't need us to be kind or tell the truth. So it's a fantasy. It's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um maybe use some of your money for good causes. If everyone on the planet use some of their money for good causes. So. I think that's a good one. I, I feel like, I feel like spreading it around a bit is a uh, pay, pay something forward. Yeah. 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 Which is exactly, so, I mean, that's exactly what you're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. I was on the train and I left my laptop and a guy legged it to me and tapped my, me on the shoulder and gave me the laptop. Yeah. And then he buggered off. And then I donated a load of money to a charity, a charity ball in, in the desire to pay it forward. Yeah. So pay it I, forward. And that's a nice thing, isn't it? I was, I was in a shopping the other day buying uh, party booze for our staff party that we had. And uh, I needed a, a certain card to get some discount, which I didn't have. And Basically, a lovely old gentleman gave me his card and my bill went from 550 quid to, I think it was just over 400 quid. So it was a massive saving. So I just happened to give him a bottle of champagne and said, thank you very much and made his Christmas and he got those bonus points. And it was a uh, quite a nice feeling. So it's good to do. Um, yeah. So Rob, where can people find you? What are your, your socials? Where's the best place to find Mr. Rob Moore? Um, I'm on every social media channel, Rob Moore or Rob Moore Progressive. I have a podcast called The Disruptive Entrepreneur and I have a book called Money. Um, Yeah, so that's where I'm at. Excellent. All of Rob's socials will be in the bio of this podcast. And Rob, thank you for this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'll catch up with you very soon. Thanks a lot, everyone. Cheers, Nathan. Bye.